Knock, knock, knock. Who's there? It's me, your friendly neighborhood axe-wielding murderer. The hash-slinging, the slash-slinging, the the (laughs) axe-slinging. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about? That's a SpongeBob reference. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Knock at the Cabin. That's what we're talking about today. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Concession Impressions, the show where we talk about a movie that we just watched. And um, this week, we just watched Knock at the Cabin. It's a new film by M. Night Shyamalan. Also, it has like relatively famous actors. I mean, you have like, Dave Bautista. You have Rupert Grant coming out of nowhere. And you have uh, Jonathan Groff and yeah, the Jonathan other guy. Groff. Ben Aldridge, the other dad. Yeah. I honestly didn't really know him from anything. But I, I mean, Jonathan Groff is big fan. You know, Dave Bautista, Rupert Grant, of course. So I think there are some big names in this film, which is, you know, interesting. But I think he does pull in a lot of big actors in a lot of in, in a lot of his movies. So I think he's like one of those directors who every actor kind of wants to work with once. And I don't know why because he really hasn't nailed a movie in a very long time and honestly it makes me question whether or not he nailed those earlier movies that i do like (laughs) every time i see a new movie from him because it it, i just i i don't know i don't know what he's thinking half the time when he's making these movies well before that let's get into a just a quick synopsis of this film before we jump into any further because i I do want to talk about a few of those things and especially the older films so pretty much this film is about family two gay fathers and an adopted daughter who are out in a vacation home that they have out in the in a cabin in the woods and they get a knock at the cabin in the woods of four strange mysterious people who carrying weapons break in and tell them that they have to make the most difficult choice in the entire world now i just do want to say that as a kid i did really like m night Shyamalan and his movies and I, the thing is though i do think that i did like some of the ones that are considered to be bad and even considered to be bad at the time it came out but as a kid when i was watching it i was like wow i really like this is such an interesting like i want to be a writer like this i want to like, they're such interesting ideas, right? You know, watching Signs as a kid or even Lady in the Water. I think Lady in the Water is one that people kind of hate. But I, I remember watching it as a kid and being like, wow, this is, like, such an interesting movie. And all of his movies were just, like, I, I loved his, like, little twists and his little turns that he does in his his movies. And possibly looking back at it, they weren't always best movies, but... You know, as a kid, like falling in love with film, I guess, at the time, it was such an interesting take and a different, like interesting and a fun ride. I don't think he's actually the worst filmmaker ever, as many people seem to think he is. I just think he has a couple of like glaring deficiencies that in particular in this movie, I think are really unfortunately highlighted. I can tell when he is super interested in just one thing. And then he forgets to think about anything else but that one thing. Yeah, but, no, I think that's the, the biggest issue with this film. Yeah. Like in a movie like Sixth Sense, okay. it's kind of interesting because that movie is so hyper-focused on one thing. And 
his focus on that one thing makes that movie more interesting or because it kind or, of blinds you to the the twist pretty much in the end exactly and it's also so inter in, uh so connected to, to the plot because that that's the other key thing is with a movie like this where the plot is not really what the movie is talking about or at least not what the story is talking about the movie is so focused on just like these these heightened plot moments that are really irrelevant to what the actual thematic discussion is. And so you, it's just, it feels empty. And then it, he forgets to set things up that are important to the story. And then most controversially, he really changed the ending to something completely different, which we'll talk about because I, I, I read the book. So to, to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually kind of, let's just go into it now because I'm kind of curious because I did hear, I didn't read the book, but I did hear that he keeps a very similar story for the most part of the entire movie until the ending. And then he completely rewrites the ending. How close is it to the book actually? And what is the actual ending if it is completely different in the book? Right. So I would say that three fifths of the story he kept pretty close but even in those three-fifths he didn't he didn't direct them the right way so like the the clearest case was even in the first few minutes of the film he really glosses over the relationship between leonard and when and really quickly gets into the uh, the invasion storyline whereas the book takes a, a lot longer to get there and it really like you go through these whole emotions of like who is this creepy man playing with this child and then you later find out like later in the story you find out how important some of these symbols are that they're gathering like the seven crickets and uh if you'll notice seven is a very important number throughout this whole story there are seven people there are seven grasshoppers he knocks seven times on the door he mentions seven throughout the story and how it's it's kind of a it's a holy number but also not a very lucky number but it is also sometimes lucky but maybe not lucky for you and like there's this whole discussion about that that gets kind of muddled and lost in the foot in the film even though he kept certain things like he kept the seven grasshoppers which we never visit later in the movie again because one one of the things that m night Shyamalan decided to change was in the middle of the film when like freaks out and causes a distraction talking about like tv that's not how it goes in the book in the book it's not pre-planned and in when just remembers that she left the grasshoppers out and that they're all gonna die because they're out in the sun and they're stuck in this jar and she freaks out and she doesn't want to kill be the reason these grasshoppers die that provides an opening for the two dads to struggle and get away which leads to the final third to one-fifth of the movie of the story i mean which is very different than what M. Night Shyamalan wrote, where when dies, when is killed by the gun. So stepping back, Daddy Andrew goes and grabs the gun, fights over it with Leonard, and Leonard and Andrew together in their tussle over the gun accidentally shoot when. When dies, like she gets shot in the face. It's very brutal. You know, that immediately changes everything because the two dads care immensely about when right and so that is a problem but then it also provides the secondary problem is that this wasn't the right sacrifice like it wasn't a sacrifice it was just an accidental death so then the apocalyptic things are still happening and so they still have to make this choice or supposedly but at that point sabrina comes in and she comes back and she's like this is just too much why why isn't this stopping it like this doesn't make any sense there was a death that's that's all that was required 
is one death and she has her own crisis of faith which that's what this whole movie should have been about is it's about faith that's what the whole book is about is about all these people who have reasons to believe and reasons not to believe in what's being told but they're all not able to make the right decisions because none of them have all the information and so that's what's so irritating and so stupid about the way that Shyamalan decided to end this movie is Shyamalan just like confirms it he just decides that like yep there really was a sacrifice needed there really was apocalypse going on but in the book you're kind of not really sure ever. You, the only access we have is through this TV, which there's plenty of reasonable doubt about the TV and whether that's actually showing apocalypse or if it's just showing normal nightly news, you know? There's terrible shit happening on the news constantly. And then it ends with Andrew and Eric kind of just walking off and we never we never find out whether, whether they prevented the apocalypse or not. So they don't make a sacrifice then? when just gets shot in the face it's just it's a much more interesting discussion on on belief and faith than what we ultimately got which was this like weird small apocalypse movie (laughs) yeah yeah no that was my issue with it which is that it felt like he focused too much on one idea and I, i think that there could have been so much and from what the book did sounds like there's so much that they so much more content there that he could have done differently i just think it needed to be dramatized better in the beginning yeah yeah as well like also i think that they just needed to be more conversations and more conflict between the intruders and the the family and also within the family itself because at no point in the movie do you feel like jonathan groff's character or ben alger's character eric and on Andrew had any like conflict or or talking and there's even a scene where they at nighttime they get to face each other and I felt like oh this is going to be a scene where the two fathers are going to have a chance to like really talk about it and be like hey well <laughs> nope we just cut to the next on. morning yeah because even he even Dave Batista Leonard just like I'll put you guys to face each other for the night so you guys can at least see each other and it's just like okay this is me a cool, interesting scene where they can talk about it and be like, hey, well, what if they are telling the truth? Well, obviously they're not. And then like have like a more back and forth that kind of would lead up to the ending of the movie version, which has a more definitive answer at the end. But because in the end of the film, it feels really rushed and like the decisions like, oh, yeah, we kind of I've been thinking about this the whole time kind of thing. But it just feels like they just kind of threw it in the last second. I will say, though, that I throughout the film did feel the intrigue and the thought of like are these intruders just crazy are they like a cult or is it real what they're talking about and i think playing more off of that idea and being like it's it's not real oh maybe it is real it's not real and showing more of a conflict between like you're saying the individual characters in the cult and the individual characters in the yeah. family would have been such a more interesting and well like planned and thought out movie even if you saw them like split up a little bit like like at night maybe maybe a couple of them go off and have like a little conversation a couple of the two of the of the four horsemen characters because that's what they're that's what they are they're like representations of the four horsemen of the apocalypse it sounds like the book is a lot better than the movie or at least like the ideas going behind it and everything like that i think Um, the book is better i don't think the book is great either to be honest 
I guess we already talked about a lot of it is I think the ending was kind of weird. I, I didn't like how he clearly paints it out that, oh, they did have to make a decision kind of thing. I thought if they left it more ambiguous in the end, I think that would have been more interesting. Yeah. But I wanted more, yeah, like I said already, like more build up overall over the different characters and their conflicts and going back and forth. I will say, though, this, a few things that considering M. Night, I do feel like this is one of his better films in recent years. Now, I didn't I haven't watched old yet, uh, which is his last one. But considering like his other films in the last past 10 years, um, what are I his most recent films? It's old. Old was the most recent one, and then it was Glass, Glass and then Blit. The Visit. Oh, The Visit. Yeah, oh, The Visit. Split, then The Visit. But The Visit was all right. Glass was terrible. Glass was terrible. Split was also. Split all right. was all right. Um, the Happening was terrible. I didn't really like the 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 Village. I think the Village is actually okay it's more interesting on rewatch actually but th- those are his like earlier films so those are like 20 years old at this point yeah yeah, yeah. he kind of after last airbender he stopped for a long time true because <laughs> that was really bad <laughs> and then i think yeah. split kind of brought him back into the mainstream a bit because it was decent and it was like clearly a sequel to unbreakable which no one saw coming and so that was yeah, yeah. like a really kind of genius twist actually especially in the era of marvel like taking off uh and taking over everything and so you had this like indie superhero movie trilogy and then glass ruined that (laughs) yeah such disappointment it wasn't a satisfying film in a way but it was i think better than some of his other films yeah i actually don't know if i agree i think this movie is one of his worst films i have ever seen really yeah like old was not good but at least it was entertaining because the things that were happening in it were so bizarre and weird and like surreal this movie is the concept is so normal actually like what's happening on screen is pretty normal other than like the weapons are kind of weird and creepy but actual stuff that happens in it is kind of just like a normal home invasion movie and it's stuff you've seen before i guess but i i I really dig the questioning yourself throughout the film like i need to make this big decision but is this decision even real kind of thing yeah do i have to make this like that idea is like it's a great idea he always stumbles on like great ideas but he never executes yeah i think i completely agree with that and yeah, I mean, that's kind of sad. And also, really quickly, going off of, like, executing well, this film also has, like, terrible VFX. Yes, 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 it does. Very mid. Like, almost to a comical level. I, I don't want to say it, like, because it's supposed to be a serious scene, but, like, the, the scenes where the, the planes are falling out. Of the yeah. Because <laughs> also, it feels like there's a scene where it's like, oh, this is footage from someone's balcony, and there's like a family on the balcony pointing at the sky. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's so weird because they're all looking in one area of the screen. And like, the plane and falls in a different area. <laughs> the planes are falling on like all around them, like in different areas than the one that they're all pointing at. I'm like, that looks like they just. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even understand that because they did the visual effects after they had that like that green screen like slate, you know. So like, what happened there? And I also, honestly like, the, don't the, know. The cabin burning at the end too. Um, <laughs> a lot of it was just like really bad VFX. Also, that was confusing because 
he had already sacrificed himself at that point. So, and then everything started burning down around them. And so it was like, it felt like his sacrifice for a minute there, at least didn't actually make a difference, which was weird and a bit confusing. But biggest problem for me is the movie is this, this, his inability to find ways to increase the drama in a scene. And so every scene felt weirdly like a sitcom scene. (laughs) Like it was shot like a sitcom. And then weirdly, why were there so many close-ups? Like I felt like I was staring at these people's faces for an uncomfortably long amount of time in like a not a good way. Like it was just literally just like a cut between like an almost too close close up. Extreme close up of Dave Bautista's face. You can see all his head wrinkles. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought I I, I felt really bad for Dave Bautista because he is he is somebody who I think when given a good director could actually really make some really interesting dramatic work like i think his character in blade runner 2049 we only get a brief moment of it but his character in that is actually really interesting and it is really delicately acted uh in a really nice way but this movie it just feels like like he's like the most junior actor ever and all the actors feel like that because the directing is so poor i think like it's just wild how bad the directing is in this movie I, I will say, though, his performance is maybe the better of the terrible ones. And I, I will actually give it to you. And I kind of thought about this after leaving the movie theater is that considering all of the WWE actors, I feel like he's the best or the most talented mm-hmm. uh, of the of those WWE He's the actors. most interested at the very least in challenging himself with like difficult roles. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I like commend him for that. Like, that's really, uh, did I use that word right? I think so. Yeah. Um, seeing a, a movie with The Rock, you're just seeing the same character he plays in every single movie in a different situation. Yeah. Where I feel like Dave Bautista actually kind of puts himself out there and kind of tries to do new things. And you know what? He's getting better and better. I feel like, you know. Yeah, he, I mean. I can see him being, you know, even a bigger and bigger actor up in the future i i I mean i would love to work with him on something i i would want to figure out a role for him because like i think he is unfortunately somewhat limited by his his physicality because he is just this massive tank of a person Um, yeah that is true but that was what I, i thought he was casted really well after reading the book i thought he was actually a really good casting choice he's he's slightly off from the character in the book in the book this character is this like mountain of a person, but he's like a 23 year old. And in the movie, Dave Bautista is like in his forties, fifties or something. And he's still a mountain of a person, but I thought it, it added this layer of wisdom to him. That was kind of interesting. Uh, And also I think his tattoos, which in the, in the book, the uh, Leonard characters more, the Leonard character is like a very clear uh, ripoff of of Mice and Men. Leonard from Of Mice of Men. Of oh, Mice and Men. Yeah. So like he's, but he's like not stupid. Funny. He's he's uh-huh. very smart actually. Um, yeah. And is very gentle and caring and really hates that he's in this situation. And I thought Dave Bautista brought all of those characterization to this movie. It's just the line delivery gets so poor when you're when you're shooting it in the way that it was shot where he's having to deliver these monologues, these very like over the top monologues. And instead of cutting to the reaction to see the fear on the faces of like Eric and Andrew, we're literally just stuck on Dave Batista's like hulking face. 
(laughs) trying to say this line, these lines, these very end of the world, crazy person lines very seriously. Mm. (laughs) And it just like it, it, it made me laugh. I was laughing all throughout the movie. Interesting. And not because it was funny, but because I was like, this is so awkward. I'm yeah. so uncomfortable. The only thing I can do is laugh right now. Yeah, I agree. And actually, sorry, because you said of Mice and Men, and I actually had a different idea of, of, Mice, of Mice and Men when I watched this film. Funny enough, not with that character, but I was thinking that was the ending that we we're going to get, which was like, remember how the fathers are like, hey, girl, go and st- just hang out in your uh, treehouse over there, and one of the dads will come get you. I thought they were going to do something where they're like, the fathers are like, all right, I guess let's uh, sacrifice... <laughs> when <laughs> oh that's I mean, terrible it's like we can just adopt another child you know it doesn't matter right oh my gosh and then they just go out there and they're like just keep listening to your music and enjoy your your thing and then and then bang and then it ends like that's kind of how i thought the twist was gonna be mm-hmm. at some point and then i was like oh never mind it's that's i guess uh that's not where we're going with this nope <laughs> so then i guess i can kind of see what you're what your uh, concession impression is, but what's your concession impression for this movie, Chase? Uh, it's a raisin net. My review for this film is a little bit more optimistic. I actually give it, give it a hot dog. And actually, funny enough, I think I had the best reaction out of this film from leaving it. Because again, we watched it at different movie theaters. And I think I had like the best review from everyone else that I, I heard that night leaving the movie theater because or rather when i was leaving the movie theater it felt like it was like everyone's review was really terrible i think it it was also when m night Shyamalan came on the entire movie theater started laughing in hysteria um, to see m night as the like the corny salesperson the corny salesperson that was so Um, bad and it lingered it was on him for like a good two minutes instead of like it's not a cameo at that point like you're like a full character yeah um and like i like that i like the cameo the director making a cameo briefly in the movie like hitchcock did Uh that in a lot of his movies too and they were always really funny like you know you'd see like a weight loss ad in a newspaper and you'd see a picture of hitchcock and then you'd see a picture of a skinny person next to him (laughs) and uh uh that was funny but it was just brief it was very quickly like you it didn't slow down the pacing it didn't do anything like that this was like oh we're really gonna give him like a full two three four minutes to like just joke around in with the audience which i thought was funny but i okay so leaving the movie theater i i was thinking i was on the fence between hot dog and popcorn actually really Wow. And it was mainly because I thought, like, again, going to this, like, childhood thought of, like, oh, I I had such, like, kind of fondness of his movies as a kid and this, like, twist kind of movies he does. Um, And also, like, the idea of this film is such a cool idea, but it's just poorly executed. So I'm, like, thinking, is it purely enough to give it a popcorn off of this really cool idea? I think it's kind of not, though. I think I would say I would give it a pop, not popcorn. I would give it a hot dog for this, which is kind of funny because I think recently, I don't think I've gave a good review for any movie that I've watched this year so far. <laughs> so starting 2023, I, I seem to be really harsh and giving everything really poor review. Again, could be so much better, but it just isn't in the end. Yeah, I think it's kind of a fun movie, like, Like, it's one of those movies that, like, so this is what I do appreciate about 
most of M. Night Shyamalan's movies is they are fun movies to just go see on a weekend and like, you know, have an original idea that isn't in the theaters in any other capacity right now. And it'll have some like recognizable talent and it'll kind of be fun to talk about and make fun of after you see it. Like that's, that is his movies for me. That's his filmography. Uh (laughs) And I, I will always go to the theater to see his movies just because I enjoy I, I do enjoy watching them in a sort of like schadenfreude kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I revel agree. in how bad they are sometimes. Um, and I just hope, I just hope that maybe it might be a good one. It might be another Sixth Sense or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But maybe, probably not. Most likely not. I've given up on that hope, but I do. In, <laughs> I Like sometimes a movie, it's fun to just go to like a shitty movie just because it has a fun premise or a fun actor you like and you or whatever you know and you just like you want to get out of the house you know whatever any takeaways for this movie what do you think um i think just execution and maybe even if you have a really cool idea test it i i think it would have been interesting if he took this script and showed it to different people and like got different ideas and maybe could have seen where he could have taken this idea more interesting ways instead of just being so focused on one idea and like not really ever doing anything too creative with it. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he that always that makes, makes money. I mean, Hey, I mean, if he's doing it, then he's, it's good for him. Right. Yeah. And like, he, I think he makes movies in this like $20 million range and he's able to get, you know, 30, 40, 50 million out of each one. So it's he's a yeah. successful director. Love him or hate him. True. And on that note, I guess, you know, love him or hate him. But for sure, love this podcast. And if you do love us, go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Cookbook. And uh yeah, let us know what you think. Let us know your thoughts, your concession impressions on Instagram or Twitter. And uh that'll be all for this episode and we'll talk to y'all or well, you'll listen to us on another episode next week of concession and impression. Bye.